Is that stupid enough topic? Yeah, to... it's play stupid. Okay. I just end that stupid sweet spot. Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we find the coolest university technologies so you don't have to. We want to add to the volume of those innovations and hopefully help them become actual things on a shelf somewhere where people can use them. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Joe Rungi, Dr. Law Dog, and Entrepreneur Werewolf, who hates to go first. Hello, Joe. Hey, Charlie. You know what else I hate? <laughs> what? Please take a moment to subscribe <laughs> to the podcast. Please rate it. Please tell your friends. Please write letters to the editor. Please uh, let your newspaper know. Please print it and distribute it as a leaflet at your local swap meet. Please let everyone know the Innovation Overground is the front porch for all academic innovation worldwide. Yes, we want to spread the word and and uh, shine a light on a lot of these technologies. And you getting the word out helps us do that. So, uh, Also with us is Tyler Scher, a PhD in Science Wizard. Hey, Charlie. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. The sky's really blue today. It is a... It is a very blue sky today. It's a nice summer day. Yeah. Or fall day. Sorry. It's It's a nice non-seasonal determinant. Yes. Cobalt blue. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sky is blue, but the weather's appropriate. Uh, Well, today I want (laughs) to... Today I want to go over um, some of our favorite things. I do want to give a a little plug to our sponsor, Unimed. Um, Today is the beginning of... Innovation Week, we do every year. Come get a donut. Yes, come on, stop on down. Oh, yeah. If, uh, yeah, if you're still, yeah, that's this morning. Um, but, yeah, if you, uh, for for those, of the, for those of you playing along at home, it's a, it's a week of celebration where we kind of um, highlight the many researchers and inventors at, at the university. Um, and in that spirit of that, I kind of want to go over some of our favorite things. It's been a while since we talked about uh, UNMC type of innovations. And I want to highlight Corey Hopkins at, uh, at UNMC, he's Ooh, a medicinal yeah. chemist. Yeah, um, and he's he's got this really cool technology. Actually, Tyler, can you can you explain it? I, you're smarter than I am, and so it'd be great. If, <laughs> that is debatable, but I will <laughs> gladly explain. I can't. Oh, well, first bit. of all, I don't know how to pronounce this. Phospho. It's P D E four. Well, I can pronounce that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Phosphodiester. No, I'm just mad at yeah. myself that I went with the big word instead of the P D E four. Uh, all right, so help help the listener understand what what this protein is it a protein? It's right? a, yeah, it's a protein. It's an so, enzyme. Yep. Okay, so what does it do? It's and why heavily, is it why is it a significant innovation? Yeah, it's heavily involved in regulating immune cell communication via the messenger cyclic AMP or adenosine monophosphate. Um, it's so it's involved in inflammation, for example. Okay, it's, it's 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 part of the immune messaging process, and it helps regulate immune messaging. Um, when inflammation gets runs rampant, gets out of control um, in your body, you want to be able to, to to govern that, and that's where having an inhibitor helps. Okay, so if you could figure out how to stop this, then you could potentially affect what all inflammatory diseases. So we're talking wow. arth- arth- uh, rheumatoid arthritis, a lot of autoimmune diseases. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of things has a huge impact. Um, this particular. Uh, invention too from Dr. Hopkins uh, is an improvement on uh, currently available technology, right? So 
He's shown uh, with some of his lead some of his lead candidates here uh, nanomolar potency um, and really importantly increased uptake into the central nervous system, which current um, uh, PDA E4 inhibitors can't really do, um, as well as improved selectivity. So, so get, are you getting into something like blood brain barrier stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this really this hard. has potential to then impact diseases in the central nervous system in the brain as well. Wow. Okay. Be able to make it into there to help dampen down inflammation in the brain. So we're talking things like Parkinson's, uh, schizophrenia, drug addiction, maybe even. Oh, that's cool. That, yeah, I thought I saw somewhere that it had a, a like a high, a significant rate of uh, impact on like mouse or mice that were addicted to cocaine or something. In a Is cocaine that, addiction model. Right. Yeah. They, yep. Apparently they addict mice to coke. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Well, you know, it's, not, it's hard to get people addicted to coke. It's just the, <laughs> I just didn't know they were bothering to try with mice. And, huh. Whatever. Yeah. They're mouse sized lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Before I embarrass myself further, Joe, you know, that's one of my favorite things that's, that's new at UNMC. What do you got? What do you yeah. Got? I think, uh, you know, hearkening back to the original days of the Innovation Overground, we were just talking about how cool innovation was coming out of the University of Nebraska Medical Center, University of Nebraska Omaha. Um, So it's kind of nice to revisit, right? Like, you know, back in the saddle again, talking about our stuff that we actually know the people for. So (laughs) it's interesting. So um, one of the inventions that's come across uh, through our office that is very unlike anything we've ever done before is actually related to, uh, it's called the Intelligent Runway Status Indication System. And it's- Uh, um, what? Yeah, it's it's what the, is that? I haven't heard of this one. Yeah, so this is a new invention from um, the the uh, School of Aviation at UNO, which is actually down Hold the on. hall from here. There's a it School is. of it's Aviation at UNO. Building. They have the yeah. coolest I conference did. room because it's all models of airplanes. Cool. It's like basically meeting at the SAC Museum, <laughs> which is the Strategic Air Command Museum, which is uh, <laughs> between Omaha and Lincoln. Everyone should go. Uh, it's, it's very cool. They got all sorts cool. of jets and bombers and cool stuff. Yeah, it's like a nine-year-old boy fantasy, um, <laughs> which who wouldn't want? But um, the 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 system um, right now, airports use uh, legacy systems to essentially monitor and track the position of all the airplanes. And while there's some oh, other, so this is a next-gen. Right. This fit in that next gen. And it's policy. actually an issue for smaller airports because if you get to a certain size, you have to spend a lot of money to essentially build a complicated radar system. Yeah. And so there's a lot of skepticism, though, because these systems, for the most part, work. However, until they don't. So since 2001, there's actually been a number of incursion incidents. And you'll hear about these in the news periodically where it's like they'll essentially accidentally start sending a plane to land mm-hmm. where another plane is taking off. Ooh. And mercifully, there haven't been any issues with it. But one of the problems is that, you know, again, we have aging infrastructure in this country. And for whatever reason, we're not, you know, keeping up with it. And so until such time that we can, you know, build all the modern airports that we actually need, there's a necessary, you know, requirement to try to use technology as much as possible. Yeah, the the one of the things that back in a previous life, did a lot of reporting with aviation. And one of the things that they're trying to do, they call it their next-gen airports. Mm-hmm. Um, I, know, I think the FAA was trying to do something with, and they called their next-gen uh, project. I, I can't remember the exact terminology for it. But one of the things that they could do, they can't add runways. Right. Not easily, anyway. I mean, it takes almost an act of God, really, for to build a new runway, especially to accommodate some of these bigger, more modern jets. It takes up a lot of surface area. A yeah. lot of surface area, but then you've got no one in their right mind wants their neighbor, the airport, to build more runway. So sure. you've got all these issues with city, state, yeah. all local governments. Then you've got neighborhood groups. I mean, it's just, it takes, like, you start the... 
you start the process to build a new runway. 20 years later, maybe you've got one. Maybe. Mm. So, so the, the thing that they're going to do, sorry, real quickly, the thing they want to do then is to increase the efficiencies of the runways they have. And one way to do that is to use technology so that you can shorten the distance between takeoffs and landings. Interesting. And that's where the incursions come in. So what uh, the inventor here, who's uh, Dr. Huang from, from UNO, he essentially jury-rigged together using sort of next-generation Internet of Things equipment and actually part of this at a small airport in the Omaha area. So they actually ran this at the Millard Airport. Millard, so, oh, okay. Millard. Yeah. cool. And they were able to demonstrate that just using common Internet of Things technologies and cell phones, they were able to replicate uh, the level of sophistication of a large airport incursion system um, at Millard Airport. That's wow. cool. So, by simply sort of putting beacons on some of the airplanes. And there's a lot of software that goes in the back end to track all this stuff. I didn't realize those small airports were that busy. Well, that's the thing. They're not. But one of the ways in which you can actually, um, you know, one of the issues that limits airport expansion is the inability to put in incursion systems because they're mm. expensive. Yeah. And so it's a chicken and egg thing, right? It's like, well, if we had more business, we could do, you know, more sophisticated incursion systems and allow FAA to route more flights here. So the idea is, is if you had scalable technology that doesn't require the installation of a gigantic radar system and instead could yeah. scale by having internet beacons and you know, GPS determination. Could um, that could that alleviate some of the congestion that you have at these, with these major airport I hubs? Think, I think Dr. Wang's focus is much more on safety right now okay. and being yeah. able to demonstrate that these systems are more reliable and safer and less prone to failure because hmm. they're not reliant on one giant radar tower. Wow. And so, you know, by distributing the functionality across multiple sensors that are connected by the internet and by kind of using some of the software systems that he's engineered internally, then there's essentially a way that we can... Um, produce a safer, more scalable anti-incursion system that could allow better use of existing infrastructure, expand out to infrastructure that's not currently being used because it would be safer, mm-hmm. and then potentially even, you so know... this is in use right now at Millard? It's been validated at Millard. Okay. It was not used for direction. It was used alongside of it and okay. then validated with it. Okay, hmm. so so it's it's just kind of ready to go. It just needs an investor type or... So I'm not sure kind of what the business model necessarily okay. would be. I've never pitched anything to the airline safety industry. I don't even know who the players are. Right. But that's kind of the fun. So, um, you know, I don't have a whole lot of marketing projects left in me, but I kind of am interested. The ones I do are the ones totally different than the ones that, you know, a couple of years ago I did one for treadmills because yeah. I've never done that before. And that was a really weird market. And, you know, compared to what That's I normally do. That's a cool do, technology. I hope to see that. Uh, yeah. The treadmill one. Yeah, we got some we'll, cool we'll, stuff moving we'll, on that We'll one. touch on that later. But. but I think for this one, you know, this is the literally the opposite. This is, you know, how do you sell technology to gigantic institutional yeah. building type projects? Okay. And so hmm. I was very jealous and actually kept all of this one from everyone else. <laughs> That's very cool. it in my office. Okay. Yeah, so you, you, had to, you had to actually dust it off this morning. <laughs> well, no, I had a little briefcase <laughs> that someone was walking behind me, like, handcuffed to the, the Joe's football. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tyler, you're up. What's your What's your favorite new thing? There's been so many. Um, I'm actually just going to go with a recent one. So it's it's a newbie. Uh, okay. the, the anti-biogram. Um, the what? So it's an anti-biogram. It's not the biogram. It's the anti-biogram. Yeah. <laughs> Case closed. That's enough explanation. <laughs> Figured I think. it out. Done. Sold. So <laughs> just send the check to Tyler Share. So some of you have maybe heard, but multi-drug resistant bacterial infections are a thing. And because of that, hospitals are required to actually uh, keep track of all the drug resistant uh, infections that they treat on an annual basis. And this is a huge undertaking. And they typically just have 
um, a team of, of um, medical fellows or epidemiologists who and students or grad students or fellows who have to just do uh, so a lot of slog hours of work to get this done every year. Uh, what this technology is, is it, it, it connects into all of the data sources within a hospital healthcare system. All oh, right, this gets in the medical uh, um, it, hospital it gets into the medical records. Medical right. records. Yeah. Yep, yep. Ties so, into that. So, so one, it automatically uh, electronic health records. EHRs. Yeah, yep. EHRs. Right? Correct. Yep. Yeah, okay. So it so it just it automatically uh, creates the the spreadsheet and the graphical representations and all of that data for your healthcare system, tracking all the antibiotic resistant infections, what they were treated with. Uh, this is also yada, a compliance yada, yada. issue, right? With yep, CDs. compliance first. Yep, yep. With, with what the happens feds. if a hospital doesn't report, uh, say, a, a antibiotic resistant infection? Is there any sort of punishment, or are they? What's their motivation to report it? Apart yeah, from scientific. Well, so I mean, yeah, thoroughness, uh, diligence, trying to do right by the patients. There, uh, the the federal government must have some sort of stick that they can they can you also hope, threaten right? with. Yeah, yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, okay. um, but I know it's 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 a reporting requirement. On top of that, this is really cool technology. So this would also get to like personalized antibiotic prescriptions. So it's personalized medicine for antibiotics. So this is it's real time updated. So this this antibiogram is available for 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 clinicians to see. Um, so that let's say you come in. Or your loved one goes into the hospital. You take them to the hospital. They they have a uh, really high fever, mm-hmm. suspected infection. Um, uh, you take them in. What's going to happen is it takes time for for the doctor to to collect a sample and have it sent to the public health lab and have right. them have them run their panel to to determine exactly what the bacteria is, is and, and what it's resistant for, to. Right. Yeah. Okay. That takes time. They're, they're, they they want to treat you in in the interim, so they're going to give you an antibiotic anyway. They're going to take their best guess. And okay. it's going to be largely based off of last year's report, right? The antibiogram um, or some anecdotal evidence, whatever they have at, at their availability. This is now a real-time report that better informs the clinicians. They can do basically personalized medicine. So it could contain – so future versions of this could also contain uh, individual patients' medical records, what, what what they've been treated with in the past, if they've had an infection in oh, the past, so, and what antibiotics they've been given, because so that you've had amoxicillin and yeah, yeah, because if you've been treated, if you have already went through um, a round of that, you're you're at a higher risk of then uh, being susceptible to or carrying um, uh, antibiotic resistance to that right. uh, antibiotic. Okay. So things like that, it can take all that. Also, uh, what other medications you're on currently? Some of that can actually, some of that can can cross react, right? Depending, but this is all related to just infections, though, correct? Yep, this would be related primarily to infections. That's yep, pretty cool. yep, yeah. So this was from uh, Jim and Scott Campbell and uh, um, a, a, a infectious disease doctor, Trevor. Uh, not related. Schuneveld. The Campbells um, are not related. That's right. The the inventors, Jim and Scott Campbell. Oh yeah, thank you. Right, they're not related. Um, and then high uh, instance of medical informatics innovation in the Campbell lineage, though. I have to look into it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> And then okay. a, a team of, of, uh, of staff and students that helped create this as well. It's uh, So it's patent pending um, and essentially ready for market. It's being tested within the University of Nebraska healthcare system right now. So it's in use and it appears to be working so far, right? Yeah. All right. That's cool. Anything else? We good? Uh, no, I think. We're good. Please take a moment to look at the um, program notes. Uh, see links to the uh, two Unimed feature technologies, the incursion system and the antibiogram, uh, both available for licensing. 
And the PD4 inhibitor. And the PD4 inhibitor. We'll include a link to there. Oh, yes. Get it while, it's, get it while you can. It's a very uh, hot, hotly... People like it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to come to ground on that one. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm going to thank our sponsors, especially at Unimed, of course, the Tech Transfer Office for the University of Nebraska Medical Center, the University of Nebraska in Omaha, and also the KVNO Studios, where that's what makes us sound good, even though we can't, uh, we might not come off so well. <laughs> uh, so for Tyler Sharon, Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you, and join us again on Unimed's Innovation Overground. <laughs>